0: Thunder Media.
1: This week on Inside Supercars, we speak to Andre Heimgardner about 2022 and Brad Jones racing.
0: I always looked at uh, BJR and I was like, oh, I know. How good would it be to have a three second pit stop or you know, that sort of stuff and yeah, to finally be in the team with actually be the best pit stops in pit lane, it's been a really a great coming to pit lane knowing that potentially jump the car in the front.
1: And what does he think about drivers being sacked mid-season? Yeah, I
0: had a three quarter year sack in 2015, sort of know what he's feeling.
1: <laughs> That's all coming up today on Inside Supercars. I hope you enjoy the chat.
0: Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars.
1: This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com from the racetracks across australia and here's inside supercars andre Homegardner joins us now and andre first year with brad jones racing how's life after uh, another change
0: (laughs) hi good to be on the show but um yeah it's been really really good i've really enjoyed being uh amongst the bjr guys obviously a bigger team four cars and um, yeah, obviously being a uh, family sort of run team in a country little town, it's been really cool. It's a cool environment. And um, yeah, so far this year, it's been a little bit up and down, but um, of most recent, mainly ups, which has been really positive, um, you know, going forward for the rest of the year.
1: You've driven a, a few different cars throughout your career. What is your takeaway from the Brad Jones Commodores that you've found in this first half of the season?
0: Um, I re- really, really like them, to be honest. I think it's the best car that I've driven of this generation. Um, you know, they seem to know their car very well, what it wants, what it doesn't want, and we've been able to do, discover some more setup up stuff as well um, throughout this year that Phil kids brought to the table and, uh, my tone, Tony, my engineers sort of worked hard on. So, um, yeah, I feel like it's, it's very strong, it's a strong package, and um, yeah, it's, that's what's exciting about it, I guess.
1: What does it mean for a New Zealand driver to be driving the number eight?
0: Uh, yeah, it's pretty special. It was interesting at uh, at Darwin. I almost got the pole position, and everyone was pretty geed up because um, there's a video going around of Jason Richards um, getting pole there in 2009, I think it was. And we're back there in Car Eight with kid uh, another Kiwi driving. So it's pretty special. We'll be special once we go to New Zealand again. And um, you know, such a, a wonderful guy. And um, you know, everyone has a, a fun mem, you know, fun memories of him. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just good to be another Kiwi racing Car Eight, I guess.
1: This year, you've been in that top ten, and now vectoring towards regular top five finishes.
0: Yeah, it's been really good. Um, we uh, you know, don't want to count your eggs too soon, but um, you know, if we can keep up where we are now, look, we'll, we'll finish the year very strongly, and I think it's only, it should only get stronger from here. We're just discovering sort of some new things which have really helped, and um, you know, I think if, if we can stay in the top ten for a year, that's really, really good. But I think you know, if we can continue on our pace we've had, um, there's no reason we can't you know finish in the top six in the championship, for example. So yeah, some big things and, yeah, it's pretty exciting for me and myself to get myself in a position where you have a car that can,
1: you know, do that. You talked about being in a four-car team and, of course, when you first were running with Super Black, you were part of the, what were they called at that time? It's Tickford now. Yeah. Ford Performance Racing, I think, at that stage. What are the the big differences that you notice as a driver when you're in an organisation that's four cars over two cars and even one car that you've been with?
0: Um, I guess it's just the resources and the number of people is quite significant. So with two cars, obviously, you scale back the number of people you have. And, um, you know, in a four-car team, there's, you know, 40 to 50 people, which is a lot of people, a lot of names to remember. So, um, yeah, it's just a different environment. You've got three, three other drivers you can, you know, suck information off to help you go faster. So I guess it's just a bit more at your fingertips to, to play with, I guess.
1: And. Brad Jones Racing has always been known for a very solid pit stop performance, which has been something that you've been plagued with throughout your career.
0: Yeah, yeah. We uh, had some ordinary pit stops the last couple of years, which sort of hurt. Um, And I always looked at uh, BJR and I was like, oh, they, how good would it be to have a three-second pit stop or you know, that sort of stuff? And yeah, to finally you know be in the team with you know be the best pit stops in pit lane. It's um, been a really yeah a great experience coming to pit lane, knowing that you know I could potentially jump the car in the front and you know if not just be more consistent um, every race. So I think that for sure has helped us um, you know be more consistent in, in the result of our races.
1: Time moves pretty slowly down pit lane. When the team is reliable and regularly getting you out quickly, is that a, a real change of mindset in your procedure?
0: Uh yeah. I, I guess it's just you're not stressing about it. You know, you're not coming in wondering, okay, is the wheel not going to thread? Is you know, are they not going to get the wheel on flush? And um, and so it makes you less anxious. And it's like anything in life when you're not expecting things to go bad. You know, you don't sort of um, manifest it to go bad. If you know what I mean, you're, you're all positive. You're coming in. Um, and you know that they're going to do a good, solid job, and um, you know you'll get out again. So it just flows a lot better.
1: Without traumatizing you too much, Townsville's a bit of a bogey track for you, isn't
0: it? Uh, is, is it and it isn't. Um, in my early years, I went quite good there. My first top ten shootout was there. Um, in 2015 and um, had some solid results in, in the LDM car until something broke so I wouldn't say it's you know a terrible track for me I had some good DVS races there too so I just think um, you know the Mustang we, we struggle um, and ultimately I had some half right races but yeah I guess it's, it's not a track that we've really gone typically strong in in the recent years so um, and the, especially the last couple were really a struggle but I don't think that'll be a problem. You know, last year at Darwin, I qualified dead last, and then the next race I was on provisional pole this year. So it has so much to do with your car. You know, um, you know, the setup that obviously gets put in it. Um, if everything's working together, blah blah blah. We all know it takes you know so many things to to make a car fast. It's not just one thing. And um, I think the BGR car is solid, solid. And um, you know I, know, I know how to drive, so it should should be all right. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it's not a bogey track again
1: with this year knowing that a new car is on the horizon has it got a uh, has it got a feeling of treading water or is everything so new for you it does feel exciting and new
0: uh no it's all exciting and new for me it's um no treading water at vgr we're we're going steam full steam ahead and trying to finish the air out on a high so um And and for me, you know, I I am loving these cars at the moment. It's they're a great generation of cars, a good step up from the last one. And um, you know, I wouldn't really mind if we raced it another couple of years, but obviously you have to move on. But um, yeah, still learning. Obviously, a new car, racing the ZB, never raced that before, so you're always picking up little things as you go.
1: You've been through the Altima, the Mustang, and now the Holden. Where have you found those three cars of all? suited you and where have you had to make changes
0: uh well i've actually driven most of the cars apart from the volvo and the mercedes so i drove the fg uh, falcon and the fgx falcon obviously in main game so there's um yeah quite a range of things but yeah they're all quite different to be honest um going from the, the latest examples a mustang to a zb um, i'd probably say the aero on the mustang is more efficient But it's more tendency towards understeer, um, and then the ZB is a bit looser. But I'm actually finding it, um, you know, for outright pace, um, you know, surprisingly good and balanced and enjoyable to drive.
1: An interesting thing has happened this year. We've seen a a driver sacked halfway through the year. He's an old teammate of yours, Gary Jacobson. How do you look at the sport when you start seeing drivers getting mid-year sacked?
0: Um, it's just part of the sport. It's part of any sport, I guess. When you're an AFL or something, um, you know your, your job's never 100% safe. You know we like to think that you know everything will be right, everyone look after you, but um. You know, in, in most sports, it's pretty cutthroat, and if you don't perform, or you know, they have a reason to sack you, then you know you, you're going to be gone. So, you know, that's why, we, as professionals, we have to keep everything, you know, so professional under wraps, not make mistakes in the public eye, all that sort of stuff, um, because you know, it, it is a brutal sport, and um, there's so many people that want to be in those positions, so you can't afford to, um, you know. Do anything to compromise it.
1: The only person I can think who's had a mid-season sacking before is John Bowe from Briggs Motorsport, and that's quite a few years ago now.
0: Uh, yeah, I had a, a, a not a mid-year sack, but about a three-year sack, uh, three-quarter year sack in 2015. But uh, so I sort of know what he's feeling, <laughs> to be honest. But um, yeah, it's not too common. It's um, it's something where they normally try and run out the year to fulfil sponsors' needs and stuff like that. So yeah, a bit of a unique situation.
1: And how is the return to a more COVID normal year after you drivers not having to do a lot of promotions in and around rounds, but for maybe some Zooms? How is it getting back out and mixing with your partners and, and platform sponsors?
0: It's really good. Obviously, that's what our sports build on. That's how we go racing. That's how we get paid to to do all that sort of stuff. So it's just been cool to see when we have to been going to round so far, there've been, you know, really, really good crowd numbers, which has been really cool to see. Everyone's obviously, you know, sick of sitting around at home and wants to come see some sports, sports events. So it's been really cool as far as that goes and just cool to go see the sponsors, you know, check out the guys, R and J go to some of their suppliers, um, club, with their, all those sort of guys. It's cool to get out, learn about your sponsors and, um, you know, it's part of the job. I think we, um, you know, didn't have that for a couple of years, and you almost didn't have enough to do. I guess um, goes from one extreme to the other. But no, we love it. We love getting lots of fans and sponsors and stuff like that.
1: I know that you're a bit of a guitar player, and you like restoring cars. Did that extra time become fruitful in any of those ventures?
0: No, not too much at the moment. I've sort of obviously just did a half marathon with Macaulay Jones, so that's taken up a lot of my time recently. But, yeah, I need to find a bit of a hobby. Um, unfortunately, I don't have a garage, so um, the car restoring sort of thing we might have to wait a bit. But, um, yeah, always looking for something different to do, I guess, to mix things up.
1: And looking out to the horizon, the Bend, Sandown and then Pukekohe, they're some really solid race tracks for you.
0: Yeah, yeah it's um, pretty exciting to be honest we, first half of the year you know for the team and myself we're not some amazing tracks and um, you know looking at the next four or five or basically all the way to the end of the year um, you know I'm feeling pretty good about it I think you know nothing's guaranteed but going to these rounds where you've done well before you just take an extra bit of confidence in there and just um, back yourself a bit more and um, it's a nice feeling so um, yeah, I think we'll we'll have a good, you know, good strong finish to the air.
1: Everyone asks the South Australian drivers, what do they think of the Adelaide 500 <laughs> being back? What about the New Zealand drivers, or this New Zealand <laughs> driver anyway? What do you think of Adelaide being back?
0: Yeah, we, we love it. I think um, that was the last race that I was talking to Shane, um, and that's the last race both of our parents actually went to. Um, in 2020 when it was last hold, held I think 20 or 21 whenever it was last um, so uh, you know we love it our family love it everyone you know loves the event it's such a amazing atmosphere you know you get such big crowds it's just a bit of hype around the city so um, yeah New Zealanders love it and um, yeah we can't wait to be back.
1: So when do your parents get to see you racing at the track again?
0: Uh, My mum will be coming to Sandown, so that'll be pretty cool. First time in a few years that any of my family has been able to make it. So it's something about being obviously from New Zealand. It's not quite as easy as these Australians to have your family come watch your race. It's um, a bit more isolating for us, and we only get one home race every year. So to go back to New Zealand uh, means a lot to us. Obviously, you get to race in front of your family, all the people you know growing up, and obviously the Kiwi fans. So, um, yeah, we can't wait for it
1: if there was going to be two races in New Zealand, should it be a North Island, South Island thing? You're from Auckland, so you might be happy with a Hampton Downs, Pukekohe double.
0: No, no, I think they should definitely do um, both islands. Might as well cover both spaces. And, um, you know, Tony Quinn's done an amazing job with the Highlands, most park there. And, I've raced there a bit in the past and, geez, it would be cool to have a a supercar race there. It's a pretty wild, cool little track and um, obviously Queenstown and that region of Targo is um, a beautiful place as well, so no-one would be complaining.
1: One thing's for sure, numbers are going to be up at uh, Pukekohe when you do get back there in uh, September.
0: Yeah, yeah, it'll be
1: good. Andre, thanks very much for your time and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you back on track in Townsville and no niggling injuries from the half marathon? (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, nah, nothing, nothing luckily So yeah, it's uh, something we're a bit worried about obviously being this weekend And what about your time? You beat macker, of course Nah, nah, Maka's pretty, he's pretty speedy So uh, I think he, he came 128 to something out of uh, 6,000 And I came a miserable 840 seconds <laughs> So um, yeah, I just decided to give it a go a couple, uh, 10 weeks ago So it started running, so um, at least it gives me something to target for next year
1: All right. Well, Andre, have a great weekend and uh, we look forward to seeing this uh, potentially New Zealand Olympic marathon effort that you're going to be putting in.
0: (laughs) Don't know about that, but thank you.
1: I hope you enjoyed that chat with Andre Heimgartner. We'll see him on the track in Townsville this weekend. Finally, on the inside supercars, it is very sad to hear the passing of Kimi Hunter. Kimmy, of course, joined us here on the fan forums over the last few years and unfortunately this year she couldn't join us because she was ill. The news this week we've received is that she has passed away. Our thoughts go out to her husband and family and friends. She was an official a motorsport fan and a part of the Inside Supercars family.
0: Well, I got into supercars and motorsport in general through my dad. He used to race sprint cars. Being the only girl, the only way to get dad's attention was stick my head under the bonnet, go, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? And the second <laughs> I started doing that, dad went, hey, I've got someone to fetch my tools for me. So <laughs> down the back, you know, oh, I was about seven or eight at the time. Oh, OK. So, yeah, pretty, pretty young. A few years. New years following it then. And in supercars in particular, what drew you to them? So yeah, just progression. I went as a fan to Bathurst one year and wanted to be a bit closer to the action. And I went, well, I'm on the wrong side of the fence. So yeah, natural progression to jump the fence and be a bit closer to the action and be in pit lane and do a few things around the track and worked my way up through a few different categories and become a, a clerk of the course for some of the smaller clubs.
1: Kimmy of Rest in Peace.